Hello and welcome to the Change in Education podcast. As the UK's largest education business partnership, the Change in Education group delivers the best in-class work experience and careers management services. Why not find out more? Check out our website, changingeducation.co.uk and send us an email, info at changingeducation.co.uk. In today's episode, company directors and co-founders Stephen Hapney and Matthew Hodgkinson discuss employee engagement and all things to do with it, from common objections to success stories. It's a new week, it's a new term, it's a new episode. It's episode four. World leaders at COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow have pledged to end and reverse deforestation by 2030. We here at the Change in Education Group are continually looking for ways to stay ahead of the curve by going paperless and operating in more sustainable ways. Hello and welcome. My name is Amos Madra and I'm joined by company directors and co-founders Matthew Hodgkinson and Stephen Hackney. And this week we'll be discussing employee engagement. Hello, fellas. A warm welcome. Um, how are we doing this week? Stephen, cool, cool. I, I'm doing fantastic. I uh, I finally got over my uh, uh, mild level of sadness that I'm not unable to go to Portugal. But as you know, Matthew stepped in for me, so he he kindly, you know, did that for me. So I've got over that now. And what I did was uh, we, we went out and got a puppy. So we're, <laughs> the whole family's all loved up with this uh, with our new puppy, a uh, little old Walter. So, um, so yeah, I'm doing good. I, I, I never wanted a dog, but I realised I, I probably missed a trick. Health, healthy lifestyle, physically and mentally, uh, he's been a great addition over the last week. He's made me certainly feel better about things, so it's good. That's good. And you seem quite attached to Walter, and uh, he's very well-behaved. No noise. He's just sat oh, there quietly. He's been quiet all day, and as soon as we start this, he will he'll start. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, you know, talking about um, going green, paperless, going paperless and, you know, doing our bit for the environment. Um, can you talk to us about that? You know, what does that mean to you uh, watching our carbon footprint? Well, we, we are extremely lucky from the point of view that we, uh, we, we set up a mantra probably four or five years ago to go paperless. So the biggest... Uh, the biggest two uh, issues that we had as a company was probably travel mileage and the use of cars, obviously, and that's uh, the impact of that carbon footprint. And the second bit was our use of paper. And I'm talking about a considerable amount of paper. Now, we luckily, we've gone paperless. Uh, we've got tech that allows us not to have paper anymore. So we, we've, we've cut paper out of our business operation, which is grand, which is great. Uh, and then the second part of that, and, and probably ex- expedited by COVID, we just don't travel anymore. <laughs> so our carbon footprint, you know, staff across the country, you know, doing the miles to get to meetings or to go to uh, schools or colleges, it just doesn't happen in the same form. So I, I it's straight to mind, you know, putting me on the spot. And they're the two areas that I think as a company, we've uh, we've managed to tick a box. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, what's your thoughts on this uh, environment issue and where we stand? Yeah, well, not often that I agree with Stephen, but he, he's 100% correct. You know, we're primarily these days a technology company in, in, how, we, in how we operate. Uh, so... You know, there's obviously been a boom in technology companies that, uh, that minimise carbon footprints. I mean, I try. I, I I love to travel. You know, so it's you know from the top down, we will certainly be doing our bits as an organisation. Absolutely. You know, we going back like Steve said, four or five years, we used to uh, travel around the UK. So that's just you know Steve heading in one direction, me heading in the other. Other staff members going in different directions to go and meet with clients and. And clients themselves now are very uh, used to the idea of jumping on a Zoom call, jumping on a uh, a call with us. So, yeah, I, I, you know, we will obviously continue to do our bit. Uh, but I think that the, the world as we know it has changed significantly as a result of COVID-19. And I think measures that have come out of COVID-19 definitely support this issue, Amos. I think that, you know, it's 
it's forced the hand of world leaders as well to do something about it. Now, I'm actually, <laughs> I'd love to travel. So I'm kind of doing myself a disservice by not traveling because that, that's what makes me happy and what makes, uh, you know, me a better person, a better, a better company director and, uh, you know, uh, family man at home. But ultimately, uh, I think people have got to find a fine line, haven't they, between how much they, uh, they do. And, uh, and and what adaptions they can make. But as Steve said, we've been doing this for many, many years, so uh, we'll, we'll continue to do so. And any, any any further adaptations we can make, we will. Yeah, and it's great that we're doing that as a company. And uh, as you said, Matthew, you know, we can all individually as well do our bits as well. You know, that's for all of us, uh, everyone listening as well. Uh, so today we're talking about employer engagement. Uh, Matthew, can you kick us off with this? You know, what is employer engagement? What's it all about? Uh, what's in it for the employer as well? Wow. Uh, you know, employer engagement, employers the heartbeat, the actual heartbeat of what we do. We, we value them. They, they are king and country to all our operations here at the Change Education Group. We've been working with employers and looking after employers and outreaching to employers since we started in 2008. So nothing has changed, really. All we've done is try and scale uh, how we reach to employers the uh a diverse range of employers and the the amount of employers that we work with we need more employees we need a range of employers and we need to make it easy for employers to work with us and to support young people so it, young employers sit as i said they are the heartbeats they're a, a, a value stakeholder in bridging the gap between uh young people and the workplace so employer engagement is a term that is widely used across the UK, and it's uh, as many employers as we can possibly get onto the Connect platform or just get, you know, get interviews for young people, stick employers right there in the shop window so that young people know that they can approach them and access work placement opportunities. It's really as simple as that. We've been lucky since 2008 to amass relationships with thousands of employers and our role is to make the work experience process as simple as possible for the employers employers are busy people we're all busy people and what they need is that they need young people to come they, they really want to help this is the thing they want to help young people there's not a single employer that ever turns around to us and says you know what i don't support youth i don't think that we should be giving jobs to young people they all do you know employers are great these are, these are great people that really want to help when they say they can't help it's due to factors that we need to look at as a society and they could it's general you know and we'll probably touch on it but administration and things that stick roadblocks in the way of, uh, of employers accessing young people uh, through work experience so they're the things that we we've been looking at for a number of years to make that journey really simple for employers uh but in essence that's what it is amos employer engagements you know with we've got uh contracts with schools and college groups and it's our role to bring uh, placements to uh, to young people and uh, to say to employers listen it's not hard for you to uh, to access uh a work experience placement it's not hard to work with a change education group or any other service provider out there because you know it's it's our role to make it as simple and as as easy as possible and i think that the days gone by the days have gone where employers were bombarded with paperwork and it was an arduous task for them to support a young person notwithstanding that they wanted to and they still want to but if you're going to get on the phone with an employer and tell an employer that it's going to it's going to take up so much of their time with training and development and they're going to have to fill out you know means of paperwork then they're going to be put off by the the prospects as i said I, i'm i'm under no illusion every single employer that we ever speak to is fantastic they want to help and support young people we just need to make it easy for them to do so yeah, and that's really interesting, Steve, when we hear what Matthew had to say there. Every employer wants to help. Uh, they want to support young people. We've made some great connections, uh, some big brands, names known globally, uh, but also those local employers who have uh, the small businesses who matter as well. Can you talk to us about some of these uh, employers that we work with? Yeah, so we have it. We, we've been very lucky over the last 13 years, we've built up quite a considerable database of 
employer partners that have supported young people. And to be clear, not just on work experience, the employers offer a, a vast wealth of knowledge that can be utilised in different uh, platforms, such as careers fairs, uh, coming into uh, schools and doing uh, virtual interviews with the school, with the student, mock interview, sorry. And uh, they can also do trips and visits. So there's lots of stuff that the uh, employer can support uh, an educator and students with that just is not just work-based learning focused. However, when normally when we're talking about employer engagement, we're talking about our relationship with our local employers, we are focused on work-based learning. Uh, but we 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 strive, we we strive as a company that when we communicate with our employer that we talk about all these different things that they can support the student with. So us as a company, uh, we you know we as you said we've got this, we've got this vast breadth of uh, relationships. Now we can't take credit for all them. We can take credit for thirty to forty percent. So you know for every hundred employers. We, we operate a, a, a really forward-thinking process with our work-based learning programs that encourage students to self-place. We educate and we, uh, we empower our educators to empower our students to uh, first have a period of time where they can start communicating with employers to find their own placement, because it's more rewarding. It's a real-world exercise and it aligns with a Gatsby and Ofsted agenda. And, uh, and then we as a company, obviously there's going to be some students that are going to struggle to find opportunities and then we complement that by offering potential opportunities for students. Now, just to be clear, uh, we, 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 from where we were 10 years ago to where we are now, we've really changed our model. And so uh, I'd like to just, you can just come bring me back to uh, how we you know, how we treated our employers in the early days to how we treat them now. I'd really like to delve into that. But, um, but yeah, for us as a company, we, we we, we we're in a great position because we, we were following a, a government agenda uh, and we we're empowering students and so our database of supportive employers gets bigger and bigger uh, each year obviously we don't own them nobody owns a list of employers all we're doing is making uh, supporting the educator that connection with those local businesses and um, and and the educator and the student are part of that journey so it's not just about us having a a marketing team and a group of employer engagement staff that are on the phone constantly and that does happen but we also have to work smart and actually picking up the phone is not a uh, is not a, a credible solution to get employer engagement and actually you have to look at different strategies that uh, tie with a marketing campaign uh, around an agenda you know it shouldn't just be had hoc so yeah so we we, we work with a breadth of large 4500 companies to SMEs, to your small single person, uh, you know, hairdresser from all the industries. So just to give you some figures, we're actually changing our database. We have about 50 industry types and uh, we were changing, we were cutting it down to the government recommended 21 industry types. And but within those 21 industry types, there's actually 368 potential career pathways. So we have all these employers, these industries on our database, but then subcategories when it comes to roles and responsibilities or career pathways, there's actually about 360, 370 uh, potential career pathways or job descriptions, shall we say. So yeah, we, 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 we as a company acknowledge all students from a vocational to an academic pathway. And we encourage work-based learning as, as a credible uh, outcome to improve your employability skills but then obviously secondary to that is making sure that they are exploring and going on work-based learning programs that align with um, align with uh, their industry interests and their career uh, you know their career progression so yeah anyway, that uh, kind of covers that <laughs> it does indeed thank you for sharing that with us Steve uh, Matthew you know when I hear Steve talking about that concept it's fantastic it's very empowering allowing students to self-place you know it sounds really good but I'm sure there's a few common objections that come along with it could you talk to us about some of those yeah I, I, I think we've, we've heard them all and as I said go back to my point that employees want to help but the common objections are, are surrounding I'd shoot from the hip here. Health and safety is is a is a big thing. Insurance is a big thing for employers. Uh, time training, uh, DBS checking, you know. So it's a plethora of administration that wraps around 
the young person. Uh, because these are these are young people who are 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years of age, and it may be their first taste of the world of work. And and what, what happens sometimes that the employer views it as, well, we've got a young person coming to our office this week or onto site this week. What is it that we need to prepare for? You know, what could possibly go wrong? And obviously we live in an age of accountability, quite right that we do so. So the employers say, well, listen, I'd really want to help, but you know, we haven't got our processes in order. We don't know what's involved. Uh, of course, a young person can come to our, our site and, and see what we do. So a lot of organizations actually do call work experience work shadowing because obviously certain industries uh, such as uh, anything on a construction site or, or medical that a young person can't get involved in. But my God, did they have a great time actually viewing it and actually taking part and shadowing the work. Uh, so, you know, it's our job as, as work experience coordinators, you know, for, you know to coin that phrase and, and other coordinators around the UK to ensure that the paperwork is in place and, and to get that across to the organisation that, listen, your job is to show your workplace to a young person so they can get a flavour of what uh, it's like to work in your industry. You know, you're an expert in your industry. This young person has got a, has got aspirations to work in your industry. Show them your industry. It's our job to make sure that they can do that. So we have to explain to the employers that we'll take care of your insurances. We'll, we'll tick that box. We'll make sure that the young person uh, has, has had some pre-placement awareness and done some pre-placement tasks prior to coming on placement with you. You know, making sure that they're as placement ready as possible. You know, making sure that uh, everything that we've captured on your organisation is there in the palm of the hand of the students. Simple things like where did he, where did he go? Where, where's, where's the toilet? Where's the, the, the canteen? You know, where, how do they sign in the morning? All those things that could possibly take time for an organisation. And, uh, you know, your organisations, young people are staff members for that week. They are. You know, they, they, they have the same rights and responsibilities as a, as, a, as, a, as a normal staff member of 18 years and above. But the difference is that they're only there for a week. So employers often say to us, you know what, that's quite a lot of work to do. You know, by the time Friday afternoon comes, we barely touch the surface of what it is that we do as an organization. So our job is to put the employer at complete ease that through our Connect software, through our app, through our work with, with parents, through our work with the, uh, the school itself or the college, that you as an employer, we thank you for your time. You can just get on and provide the experience and we'll take care of all those finite details uh, that I've already mentioned that would actually uh, sometimes inhibit or put that placement at risk. So we, we have to, uh, we just have to acknowledge that. And sometimes we have to get that across in the first you know, couple of minutes because the objections are, are crucial. Because I think employers, as I said, go back and I'll finish on this statement. They want to help. We can't let the administration get in the way of them uh, supporting us. Steve, what's your thoughts on that? You know, it's interesting what Matthew said there. You know, employees want to help. Of course, some of those common objections are there in place. Uh, what's your thoughts? It's, it's, it's really difficult because, you know, you're asking uh, an organisation to do voluntary work on behalf of supporting a student. And so... Um, you know, if somebody has concerns regarding, um, you know, health and safety, COVID, uh, a bad experience in the past of students, you know, we, we will obviously try and um, talk to them about those concerns and talk about potential solutions and, and what infrastructure we've put in place to make sure that we uh, support them just as much as we, we know as we support the student. So that you know that they feel that they're getting value from the placement or their or their, whatever they're doing, the careers fair. Because last thing you want to do is is ask an employer to get involved, and then afterwards go, yeah, that was rubbish, wasn't it? That was, that, that was a waste of time. The kids weren't interested, and uh, the whole process was a nightmare. And actually, first day of placement, nobody phoned up to see how the student was getting on, or nobody did attendance, or nobody asked for my feedback on the last day of placement. 
you know, these are all the challenges that um, that we have to, uh, you know, we have to support the employer with to help them feel reassured. And unfortunately, uh, going back to uh, what I said, I'd want to circle back round to, uh, we we as a company are guilty. Uh, we're, we're, we're loads better now. Uh, we've abused our employees. We, uh, in the very early days, uh, I'd suggest not all educators, but we were part of a uh, part of a system where work-based learning wasn't really on the agenda. Uh, if it was done, it was done in a very traditional way. Students were just assigned to work placements with no thought, rhyme or reason to their uh, career progression. It was just a tick box exercise. We've got 100 kids, we need to get 100 kids out by this date. And, you know, we don't care how we do it. We're meeting an agenda. And I don't think there was any thought to the employer at any point during that. You know, what student are we sending? Are they placement ready? Are they confident? Are they going to get a positive experience? And then second that, is the employer going to have a positive experience? Are they going to enjoy having a student? Are they going to learn anything? Are they going to benefit? How's their business going to benefit? And so that's something that we've had to consider as a company that we have probably uh, most definitely uh, neglected our employers and then wonder why they don't want to work with us anymore. And there is a good reason is because we've sent students that weren't placement ready. They've had a horrible experience. The student's not interested, they're not bothered. And actually there's no point. I said this to you when we've done consultancy. I've tried to say to people, you know, you're striving for a hundred percent of students to go on placement. That's the wrong algorithm to come at. Why don't we look at getting the students that are actually ready out? Because they're the ones that are going to have a much more positive experience. And let's do something different with the students that aren't placement ready. And that's the balance we have to strike as a company because without, uh, without our employers, it just won't work. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good point there. You know, uh, rather than just chucking students at employers, you know, as a tick box exercise, as you said, it's matching the right students to the right employers so that they get the both the best experience for both parties, both for students and for the employees, and ultimately for the schools as well. Uh, now, I know that there's been some great success stories and there's been a lot of good that's come out of this. Let's focus on that for now. Matthew, t tell us about some of these stories that have come through and the changes that these programmes have made in, in the lives of young people. Yeah, I mean... Personally, you know, when, when I've in the past, when I've done work experience assemblies, so speaking to 200 students who are about to embark on work experience, I've always said, and, and some, I mean, I'm a, I'm a previous school teacher as well, so you know, I do obviously value academia, but I have, I have always said that work experience is a game changer for you. Speaking directly to the students, work experience is a game changer. You may not remember. Uh, the your exam results you may not remember certain aspects of your schooling or, or lessons that you took at school but you will everybody remembers their work experience week everybody remembers their first job everybody uh well not everybody but a lot of people uh still have links back to their very first job it either made them or broke them if it broke them they changed careers and they and decided to do something else or they still work in that industry today uh, and you know the success stories are everything from part-time work that a young person has sought or found uh, off as a result of work experience all the way through to uh, to gaining an apprenticeship uh, you know our website is littered with success stories our youtube channel in particular has got reflection videos of young people dating back you know 12 12 years ago 13 years ago these young people now will be in their while they're in their late 20s and hopefully, you know, still working in, in the same career. If, if not, have a great reason as to why they've changed careers and gone into, uh, into something different. Uh, you know, I, I recall being in, in Manchester on Market Street and a young person called Adam came up to me and said, sir, listen, I was a pain at school, but thank you so much for arranging the work experience for me. He works at an IT company in Wilmslow in South Manchester. And uh, his mum still links with me on LinkedIn, gives me regular updates on how he's doing. And this young lad now, is he must be in his mid to late 20s, uh, probably earning a small fortune in, in, in IT and e-commerce. I believe that he's, you know, he's also building websites really small. And Steve and I don't see that as much because we're not on that ground level anymore. And actually, you know, uh, speaking to a young person, interviewing them, finding out what it is that really makes them tick where they want to go with a career and then finding an employer. That's what we used to do. That was great. You know, you got that warm, fuzzy feeling inside when you could see that all through journey. We don't do that anymore. 
I'm quite right too, because we we want to scale that journey and provide that feeling for more and more young people. But I think in particular, this young lad, you know, to, to have uh, to know that you've actually played a pivotal role in his career, and he went on to do an apprenticeship, and then he went on to uh, get, gain full time employment, and uh, I believe still works in the industry today. Uh, so, you know. We have videos galore of success stories. I think it's really important when you stood there at assembly and we still do some assemblies. I don't in particular anymore. Another bit of my job that I miss doing is actually talking directly to students in a face-to-face -face forum about the importance of work experience. And I have been quoted before saying that work experience is more important than your exam results. I've probably been shut down. I've probably shut down by many educators for saying that, but we will say that because we are a work experience organization we, we value it we, we champion it you know so uh I, I i don't regret saying these things because i think that schools that don't do work experience as you well know are foolhardy i think they should, you know every young person needs to know whether it's a good experience or bad experience they need to know about the world of work everybody has to work and uh, we all need to make it and make a living we all need to pay the bills so success stories absolutely galore uh and success stories that not, not necessarily come immediately, Amos. Some, some success stories that come a few years later when uh, the work experience has actually had a, a reverse impact. They thought they wanted to get involved in a career. Maybe they wanted to work in, in a hotel, the, uh, you know, the hotelier industry or, or just in, in, in leisure and tourism. They realized that actually, oh, this, is, this is just not what I wanted to do. I don't like people. I'm, I'm having to speak to people all the time. And then they could be working in IT, you know, petrochemicals, anything, science, anything at all. And uh, they'll look back on the work experience and think, it's a good job that I did a week of work experience because I thought that's what I wanted to do. And it turns out that I don't. So, yeah, our website, YouTube, videos, hear it from young people themselves. You know, they're the, they're the best people to ask. Yeah, Steve, it's great hearing these success stories. You know, Matthew talking there about the young lad Adam met in town in Manchester and, you know, has gone on to do some great things. And, uh, you know, that that's always nice to hear. Uh, again, I think about some of our own uh, staff that work here, you know, people such as Craig Blount, who goes above and beyond to do what he can to support the young people that he works with, whether it's uh, getting a train ticket and going on a train with them to, you know, that first day helping them to settle in and uh, just giving them, you know, that real help that they need uh, to make the whole experience memorable and for them to make a, you know, to make a big impact in their lives. Are there any stories uh, that stand out for you? Well, the, the employers, I mean, I, I will go back to the early years. That's where me and Matt were most active, uh, obviously doing delivery, just the two of us were in the company. So we were very active, our employers and the big, the big thing for us as a company is, is that it, it was about hearts and minds. And, and the reason why we were welcomed by our employers and why we were getting such positive feedback is because we were actively communicating. Communication, communication, communication. And so if you look back to um, the early years and the students that we had, you know, I would suggest our success rate, because the numbers were quite small, our success rate, I would suggest that, you know, I'd say 100% of the students that potentially need, obviously in those days, not in not in employment, educational training, as a as a as a destination, all our students then went on to something meaningful. So you know, FE apprenticeships, and probably most of our students end up getting securing apprenticeships with you know, employment with the employers that they were at. So I can think of a young man who was at a school. He was. Um, you know, you're going to hear these stories a lot, but he was he was violent, never attended school, aggressive, uh, into drugs, smoking, you know, 14 year old lad going into his GCSE years with not a single interest. And, uh, you know, school, um, you know, a proactive school, you know, picked this lad up and said, listen, I think we, we you know, we need to do something with him. We, we met with him and it turned out that he wanted obviously to, uh, to be a mechanic. And, uh, you know, from not attending school at all, with a terrible behaviour, he spent two years in a mechanics, two days a week, uh, secured part-time employment at the weekends and holidays, and re-engaged with school to do their maths and English. And uh, he did that, that wasn't us. All we did was make a connection and uh, manage it effectively, uh, and made sure that we communicated effectively and the big thing that comes from it is, is to know that the employer said we've had lots of work placement uh, 
students we had lots of companies doing it the big difference with us as a company was we thanked them regularly and we we communicated with them regularly and we listened to them and we actually did what we said we were going to do so you know we have lots lots of stories where students have without uh, work-based learning may have struggled I'm not saying they would but may have delayed their transition into employment i think that uh, work-based learning is credible and i think the employers um the employers have been uh, that we've worked with have been fantastic and i think as long as we remember these are businesses that are there to make money they are offering a support network obviously what's in it for them it's nothing better than a bit of old recruitment from their point of view is that when you've got a student who's working with you for a year or two years or even a week you know you might find that gem that nugget you know that's that, that employee that, that's that you might not even be looking for a new staff member but then finally find the student who's motivated you know who's interested who's challenging them you know they might have been stagnant for a few years and you've got this young buck that comes in that's you know straight from school or in school and you start challenging them you know that's perhaps what the company might need you know to start giving back you know their skill sets and you've got to remember we do have an engineering crisis i think we had we've still got an engineering crisis that uh, in the next was it four to five years the majority of uh, engineering engineers in the company are over in their senior years and there's a massive gap between uh, engineers coming through so you know we've got a lot of companies who are obviously keeping on recruiting staff members that probably would, would have retired by now but they can't because they're going to lose that skill so you know you know the employers have also got a duty as well to share their skills with the next generation so yeah i know we've lots of lots of positive lots of positive uh you know we could tens of thousands of wonderful feedback that we receive regarding the student uh, but we just need to be mindful that you know we have to really support the employer and thank them regularly for what yeah absolutely and as you said communication communication and you know it's really relevant with what's going on today uh shortage of staff everywhere this is the right time for employers to really get engaged involved uh we hear it in the news <laughs> different industries people retiring and they're not making up for those uh, uh staff that have, have, have left the market I won't I won't take credit for this because it's it's something that we've been operating, but you know, the anybody who's listening, the the DFE, the government, uh, the uh, Association of Colleges, they've all got really useful employer engagement strategy handbooks. You know, they're all there, you know, we're not we're not we're not we're not uh, you know creating anything, we're not saying anything that you know we haven't done ourselves for the last 14 years or that hasn't been published by people far more clever than us. So all we have to do is go to Google type in employer engagement strategy and they'll be offered uh, you know guidance and support about how to remap and remodel their delivery model to make it uh, compliant with the current agenda but also make sure that they are offering a supportive program that supports both the employer and the student and you know the, the, the four areas you know with the, the AAC that have captured beautifully which is a staff member when speaking to employer must inspire innovate understand and collaborate if you get those four things right then you're on to a winner incredible thank you for sharing that with us steve matthew we touched on this earlier on uh the types of employers that are involved could you remind us can you tell us uh who can get involved um, in, in short absolutely anybody you know if you are an employer that employs staff and you uh, you have the correct insurances in place and we can generally help with that as well which is just generally employers you know if you do employ staff you will have employees liability insurance so at that point that's a big tick in the box and that's the only tick in the box that an employer needs so therefore any employer can offer work experience steve said before that we used to categorize employers and place them into one of 50 categories and we brought that down to around 2021 20, categories so you know we cover absolutely everything and we give this the young people the opportunity to, to select areas of interest and then it's our responsibility as an organization to uh, to revert to our database to import to revert to our, our own employer engagement strategy and our own outreach to bring those employers to the uh, the table 
but any 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 business in the uk we can place them into one of those 21 categories because you know we, we all fit into a category at some level uh you know and you know it could be you know, a young person wants to work in it but that IT company actually could be uh, categorized as a retail organization because that could be John Lewis and you could be working within John Lewis within their IT organization. So we uh, we have to be smart and we have to understand that actually, you know, the industry is an industry within an existing industry already. So, you know, but that, that's an us job. That's something that we have to do. But absolutely anybody we're just about to embark on our own employer engagement strategy you know we've recently uh, bolstered our own workforce employing new personnel that have to uh they, they have to look at all the employers that we have already and as steve said you know communication is crucial here and the outreach campaigns whether we we, we send uh direct mail campaigns to our employers whether we send them an email whether we get on the phone to them uh, we will be embarking on that very soon. We have thousands of work placements to find this year for our schools and for the students who attend those schools. And 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 we still, you know, one of the problems we face, and this is a problem that a lot of uh, similar organisations to us will face in in employer engagement, is that a lot of organised, a lot of if we use John Lewis, I mean, they're a, a, a huge multinational organization, so I don't think they'll mind me talking about them, but John Lewis will receive phone calls from Change Education Group. They'll also receive a phone call from uh, our equivalents across the UK. They'll receive phone calls directly from schools. They'll receive phone calls directly from local councils and, and directly from college groups as well. So you can appreciate from an employer's point of view, that they may feel that they're being bombarded with the requests. And I think that's something that is yet to be fixed. I think that more organizations such as ourselves, we need to do more for the organization. We need to do more for businesses in having more of a joined up approach. Now, I don't know what that looks like, but I know that organizations may be put off by receiving so many phone calls. And I think that's something that uh, we, uh, we, we, us as an industry, as an employer engagement industry, needs to look at in a bit more detail. Because as Steve, I think it was mentioned the other on this podcast, nobody actually owns an organization. And we've worked with clients before who said, uh, we 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 work with uh you know GlaxoSmithKline or, or we work with the, the John Lewis partnership and uh, and you know they're our they're our employer. Well, I don't think John Lewis feel that way. I think John Lewis only ever want to give the best young person an opportunity or, 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 or an underprivileged young person opportunity. They won't say that we work directly with these college groups because they're massive. Anybody can approach John Lewis and ask for a job. Anybody can, can approach GSK and, and ask for a job. So I think we all need to get together and ensure that uh, there is a little, a little bit more strategy aligned to engaging with the employers and uh, i don't know what i don't know what that looks like but i know that everybody out there is kind of fighting for those positions with employers but nobody can nobody can uh claim to to, to own an organization yeah the joined up approach certainly makes sense uh, rather than in many voices uh, coming for the same employer when it's uh, just one organization that comes and you know you can spread out the jobs that way that makes a lot more sense now with all this uh, of course we have to consider health and safety steve can you talk to us about the health and safety aspects yeah of course yeah so we have gone through the transition uh, and, and our understanding of uh, Health and safety has gone through a mass change from when we first started to where we are today. Uh, we obviously follow the HSE guidance to the letter. Uh, there is a lot of confusion between historic clients and new clients and what their understanding of health and safety is. Now, to be clear, it's risk. When we talk about risk management, uh, it is the employer that's self-analyzing that it's a safe environment for the student to go, and so. That's not for us to say, and um, it's it, to make to be clear, we we support the employer to self-analyze. They are the people who are making the decision if it's a safe environment and, and sign off to say it as a safe environment. 
and that they will put the correct measures in place to safeguard that young person. That's the key bit. We do not complete risk assessments. We support the employer to ensure that they've gone through a self-assessment process. And why I mentioned that is because there is some confusion that historically people would jump in the car, off to go to an office, spend an hour there, filling in a load of paperwork to make to, to sign it to say that that's a safe environment for a student to go. Now, I've had lots of debates, heated debates, uh, regarding this particular subject. And I'm confident with my stance is that the employer, the, the, the environment the student's going to is not made safe by somebody getting in a car, going, checking it over for 20 minutes to make sure it's a safe environment. And so the, 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 key, the key to this is, is that um, if somebody as an educator or somebody has the time and resources to, um, to complete that kind of level of inspection, we would say, do you know what? Save that time and go out and actually see the student while they're there on placement. That would be a far better use of your time because you can complete a full appraisal to see how the student's getting on. You can talk to the employer, see how the student's getting on. And if you're, while you're there, you can just obviously check that everything is as, as it should have been that the employer signed up to say that they would do. So listen, we, we offer a full spectrum of support from low risk to people who want to do high risk. And what I say that is, is that if you want as an organization to use our platform and still want to visit employers, fine. We're not there to tell you how to do that. It's your own decision. And we'll give you the tech to help you do that. So you'll still be efficient. Uh, but if you're at the other end of the spectrum, like some of our college clients, you know, they don't visit. They obviously, we, we have a template editor. They just put in a few questions as guided by the HSE. And that's enough. That's plenty to make sure that's a safe environment for that young person. So, you know, it's a very, very um, divisive area because you've got some people that obviously feel that they should be going and doing a full inspection, but we just follow HSE guidance. Read what the doc, read what the HSE say, and, and and the key point for us is that we can justify that you know uh, each employer that every student goes on placement, the employer has self-analyzed and committed to make sure that that student will be safe while they're on placement. That's uh, Matt might want to add to that because he's been quite vocal on this area as well. Matt, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Obviously, I am, I'm I'm fairly vocal on areas such as this. Uh, we we you know again i go back to the start we we need to make it as easy as, as possible for employers and we can't put paperwork in in the in the hands of employers but at the same time everybody has a responsibility for the health and safety of the, of the young person on placement and i think that there is a bit of a hot potato that gets passed around from parent to employer back to the change education group or any other uh, provider third party if you want to uh, classify us as that and then back to the school it's like who's responsible Whose, whose ultimate responsibility is it to ensure that a young person is safe on placements? And really everybody's got, you know, in life, every, every single person has got a responsibility, our responsibility to make sure that uh, paperwork is accurately signed and that uh, processes have been completed by our software and that we've done everything that we said we would do in our service, le service level agreements. Parents got responsibility and guardians to ensure that uh, you know the, the young person has knows where they're going on the first day. And we provide that information to them as well, but they need to you know do some research. The school needs to ensure that they hold uh, at the very least a uh, a, a, a lesson on we're starting placement next week. Let's have some Q and A's. What to make? How to make good first impression? What what to do? What not to do? And the employer ultimately has the responsibility of signing documentation to ensure that the young person is treated and valued and has all the same access to uh, you know the workplace as a as, as a member of staff full-time paid member of staff uh would do as well so all these stakeholders come together and i think that you know steve's you know steve is, is correct in what he's saying that we are you know we ensure that the employer manages the the risk because they're best place to do so we don't know that we don't know the organization you know, we complete risk assessments or facilitate risk assessments and support the uh, the organisation completing risk assessment for a, a, a wide variety of placements. You know, assessing risk on a building site is completely different to assessing risk in a in a, in a catering company or in, or in a food hall. So, 
you know, it's down to the employer to do that, but employers are well versed in doing so. You know, they, they know it, this is not a shock to employers that they have to provide uh, risk management strategies and, and provide, uh, you know, documentation. But again, it really is, it, in years gone by, we had to sign off on reams and reams of paperwork and this would put off the employers. Notwithstand everything that I've just said, when you work with us in particular, you know, I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody else. I mean, the, you know, there's some great companies out there similar to us, but when you work with us in particular, it is our, uh, our aim and our objective to make the delivery of work experience as simple and easy as possible so that the employer goes, you know what? I know that there are, they, that there are responsibilities for me, but the change education group made it really easy and straightforward. So there is a, a fine line because we want to ensure that young people are placed safely and securely tick box number one but big tick box number two we need to make sure it's easy for the employer to do so because we want we want to come back next year and want to come back the year after the employer is generally there to stay young people will transition every year but the employer remains constant and uh, that's something that uh, everybody in this business needs to be aware of that uh, they cannot be onerous it has to be simple but it has to be right yeah i think that's uh clearly uh, uh you've explained that clearly for us thank you uh for doing that could you talk to us about the process matt in terms of um start to finish what what happens how do the skills get involved how do employers get involved and what, what's the whole process like what with us in particular I mean, yeah i can speak for the change education uh, against absolute simplicity you know schools and colleges will sign up to our uh, our service and and we will explain that we will agree a week for work experience uh, historically schools go for july don't they uh, for year 10s and mock exams are finished it's towards the end of the year it's something good to look forward to uh, i'm a big champion for some schools going out in uh, in september some schools going out in october some schools in november it kind of spreads the uh, the the demand uh, for placements but we generally are still in, in July and then we have we have a delivery model which starts with uh, young people downloading our app and uh, inputting information into the app that acts as a pre-placement phase um, we then agree a number of placements that we will source on behalf of the school or college and we agree on a number of placements that young people will go out and source themselves and, and obviously we're we champion as well young people finding their own placements because if they generally find their own placements, they're generally going to go to that place. And it's something that they really wanted to do. And you know what? If it didn't work out, then tough luck. It was your fault. You found it yourself. Uh, so we, we, we start with that process, uh, agree those responsibilities of, of each party. And then our technology really takes over from there. You know, we, we, we access uh, a range of employers in a local postcode area. We contact them. We, we sign them up for those particular weeks. And then for the people who uh, we source placements for, they can select those set placements on their on their app. And uh, the school then it has the responsibility of signing those placements off. So we have an app for the students. We have desktop software for the uh, for the school. The school logs in and goes, well, these students have selected these placements, which which have been made available to them. We've pushed them live onto the application, if you will. And, uh, and the school knows, as, as the organisations know what's best to manage risk themselves, the schools know their students better than what we do. So then the school makes sure that uh, they have the final say whether the young people can attend those placements that, that they've selected. And then we have a, a range of software tools via the app and via our desktop software that uh, we, we set things like, you know, agreed automation dates when a young person starts placement, uh, they get paperwork to say this is where you're going this is who you're going to see on your first day this is the information that you need to know and the employer gets the same thing the employer gets the opportunity via our technology to feedback this the young person gets the opportunity to feedback and then uh, we all get together at the end of the placement and, and have a meeting with the uh, with the employer and the school and, and, and say how was it for everybody you know what do we think you know uh and, and again going back to the start the employer is king here because if it was a bad experience for the employer, we've got a little bit of work to do then to make sure that we can turn them around so that they offer a placement next year or next month, whenever it may be. And with a young person, you know, the, the school has to uh, 
deliver that feedback to them that we've obtained on behalf of them and uh, and that's again it's all for growth purposes isn't it you know it might have been a good experience that they can you know go on and and, and get a part-time job or work in that industry further or choose the right college or university course or have a negative experience that's that's good to reflect on that you know it may, it may be quite raw at first but ultimately they'll realize that that wasn't the industry for them so yeah process process driven technology driven but ultimately it still comes down to real people uh, accessing real opportunities and making sure that uh, we uh, you know we, we we find those opportunities for young people steve it sounds like an easy and straightforward process uh, is there anything you'd like to add the Moving off to match succinctly covered how we would operate our delivery model, uh, specifically just targeting this week's uh, session, which is about employer engagement. I think that uh, if, we, if anything from today, people just remember the one thing, which is thank your employer and communicate effectively with them. Then you'll keep them for the following year wanting to support young people in your local area. If you abuse your employer and you don't communicate with them before, during, and after the work-based learning program or the careers program, whatever they're involved in, then don't be surprised next year when they when when you make contact with them that they're not willing to support you. So that's my advice from today. If anything like that is, you know, it sounds really simple, but I can tell you now, people don't do that, and they do abuse. When you're dealing with high volumes, it's very difficult to fall into a trap of not communicating effectively and understand why because you're dealing with high volumes hence why we've had to use our tech to work with us to help us communicate effectively and to thank our employers and ask them to feedback let's listen to what they're saying because these are the people that are going to help shape our curriculum and our delivery models for the future it's a great note to finish on well, gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's been an it's been an exciting one. I've enjoyed this. Uh, Walter's been well behaved. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Stay there, quiet. Um, yeah. I, I, and I, again, I think this is something that we'll discuss again in the future. But great talk today. Thank you both very much. And of course, uh, for anyone who'd like to learn more, do check out our website, which is changingeducation.co.uk. You can send us an email info at changingeducation.co.uk from steve from matthew and from myself amos madra until next time take care bye bye